Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery, where I know just how grueling it's been trying to balance your physical, spiritual, and mental health. I'm your host, Precious Williams, and I invite you to my podcast where you can expect a total mind makeover. I'm talking about a shift in the way that you see, think, and do fitness forever. So come journey with me as we discover your fitness identity. Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery. I'm your host, Precious Williams. If this is your first time clicking this podcast, it's not by accident, but by divine purpose. Because I bet you are sick of not taking your health seriously. And well, we were too. And that's why for over 30 weeks, we have learned strategies to prepare our mind to reach our wellness goals. We do this a few different ways. One, we focus way less on the number on the scale and more on our emotional and mental weight. Two, we understand that addressing our mental and emotional weight is just as important as dieting and exercising. And three, we know that we will truly transform once we grow in faith to see our temple as a clean place for the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide. If you're clicking on this episode and this is the first one, I strongly recommend that you go back and start with episode 33, because we're continuing on our heart detox. And no fret, if you just want to listen in, I'm going to be talking today a little bit about the process and what we have probably discovered so far and what we should do with that information. But for those of you who have been on the heart detox with me, welcome back. Thank you so much for doing the work. Thank you for the commitment to do something a little bit different as we go into the new year. Instead of us fasting from sweets or probably doing some of the traditional things that we would normally do, we really took an opportunity to do something different that I think is going to be life transforming. All of this year, I've been teaching you different strategies, coping strategies, different clinical skills that I've learned. You've gotten this for free because I told you that God revealed to me that there are many women who may never get an opportunity to sit on the couch And I've been so blessed, not only with my education, but also with my experience that I can come forth and offer you this information. And I am so, so grateful for how it has transformed your lives, how it's began to transform your mind. And now as we do this heart detox, how I know it's going to transform you emotionally. And so we have been really heavily working on the principle of detachment. And I know that I ask you to go around your home, to go around your spaces, to open up your desk drawer, your trunk, go into that closet in your guest room and really start going through the process of detaching from things. What things are we detaching from? We're really being honest with ourselves and we're detaching from the things that we do not need, right? And I thought that this was so important And it was such an amazing approach to the heart detox because we can't see all that is in our heart, right? But as we begin to detach from things externally, we start to realize how difficult the letting grow process really is, especially when we are letting go of things that hold emotional attachment. Now, a lot of you have started going through some of your spaces. You've shown me the bags. You've cleaned out closets. You've cleaned out um, your car. You've cleaned out some of those crevices, right? 
but you told me that it was really challenging for you. And it's not a process where you're just going to grab a trash bag and you're going to go into your closet and just swipe everything on the bottom shelf into that trash bag. Now, I've tried that approach. I'll be honest. As I tried to become more of a minimalist and I told you guys that I've been practicing stoicism and so not trying to have any emotional attachment to things, it has been a true journey. And I remember when I dropped the weight, I just gave up on trying on things and figuring out what fit and what didn't fit anymore because the reality that I had to accept was that I am 40 pounds lighter. And no matter how much I love an outfit, who gave it to me, who brought it for me, if it was something I wore on our first date, it did not matter. The reality, what I had to come to terms with is that I would never be able to wear something that I wore 40 pounds heavier, especially considering, right? Here's the part. I don't intend to be 40 pounds heavier. Should something happen and I go back into that direction again, why would I hold on to it until then? And then what emotionally, like, how does this keep me bound if I still have to visit these clothes? And so I was having such an emotional experience with not only the weight loss, but just also letting go. And there were so many emotions, y'all, tied to clothes. Listen, I think I heard somewhere once that clothes hold energy. And I'll be honest, I became a believer of that when I really had to go through things and just let it go. Um, There was scarcity that showed up. I was a child that didn't always get to get the things that I like. You know, I didn't get to get the Nikes when everybody else had the Nikes. I had Etonics sometimes, or I had to take really good care of the things that I had. And so for me, when I had to let go of certain pieces, it was just like, well, man, this piece costs X amount of dollars. And I'm not even a materialistic person. I'm not a label person. I shop Goodwill mostly, but I really had to assess what was happening with me as I started letting go of all of these items, as I started letting go of body washes, of body sprays, and just stuff that I had in excess that was really taking up space. And this ultimately is what this journey is about. It's about recognizing how much space external things are taking up, and then being able to reflect upon how much space things are taking up that we're holding on to in our hearts, right? This is why forgiveness is so important. I know you guys have read it somewhere where they say forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is like swallowing poison and hoping that the other person will die from the effects of it. And to that note, we know that unforgiveness leads to a lot of illnesses because it leads us to feel disgruntled and depressed and angry and we have anxiety. All of these different emotions that I've been teaching you guys about surrounding the very things that God instructed us to let go. This is why this process is so important. It's important that we get our hearts back to the way that God originally created them to be. God created them to be full of joy, full of happiness, full of optimism. I love that word optimism because of Christian women, we always have something to look forward to. We always have something to hope for. 
we should be able to see the good in every situation. So what starts to happen? Why is it that we start to feel depressed? Why is it that we can't find our joy, that we can't find this place of happiness? We can't find this place of peace, this place of contentment. It's because we won't let go of the other emotions. One, we have to pay attention to the narrative. There is a narrative that all of us have. There is a voice that we all listen to. What's the tone of that voice? That's your inside voice. A lot of what that should sound like should be godly. Why? Because we're under divine godly instruction. Christianity, faith, God, that's our belief system. And so if that's our belief system each and every day, we should be trying to live more of that. We should be trying to abide in that. We should be creating more space, what? For God to rest, for God to rule, and for God to abide. God can't abide in some of our hearts. It's too much junk going on in there. God can't rest in some of our hearts. It's too much confusion happening in there. It's too much fear and timidity in there. And God can't rule in some of our hearts because we won't give a, we won't give God authority. We won't walk in obedience. We're like the prodigal son. We will continue to march to the beat of our own drum. And this is why, again, this heart detox is so important because we don't want to confuse our good works with greater good. We don't want to confuse being a good person, meaning our good works, with our good walk. Because God needs the space to rest, rule, and abide. And we should always be working to make sure that capacity is there for God to use us in whatever way God needs to use us. God cannot use a jealous heart. God cannot use a bitter heart. You have to allow space. Space for what? Space for God to come in and create something new. Even even of a horrific situation. Even if a relationship, it really pained you. I know it did. I know you were betrayed. I know you were hurt. I know you were treated unfairly. I know these things. But God calls us to do something with that. What does God say? God says that vengeance is mine. So as we try to hold on to these things, as we keep harboring and hoarding these emotions, we're cluttered. And here's what starts to happen when your heart gets cluttered, because this is the part nobody wants to talk about. Weight is not an accessory. I don't care how comfortable we get. I don't care how much we accept ourselves, how we believe that beauty is way more than skin deep. This ain't even what this is about. This is not what I'm talking about. Weight is not an accessory. Weight is the outward manifestation that we need to deal with something internally. Now, a lot of us have been trying to start on our plates for years. We have. But now we have to learn to take a different approach. Let's look at what's in our hearts. 
What's our appetite for that? What's our palate for that? What are we feeding our hearts? What are we feeding our mind? What are we feeding our spirit? As we approach 2021, some of us have been saying we want to grow in our relationship with God for years. We feel God calling us. We feel this urge to come closer. So why is it that we want to start with this scale and we won't start with that relationship? We won't start with the creator of the temple. We won't take our temple to the creator and say, hey, I am off here. I am mismanaging this somewhere. I have exhausted all of the things that I know to do. God, I need you to help me. We have to let go of some of this emotional weight that we are holding on to. How do we do that? We do that by allowing God to have rule over our hearts. If God is going to have rule over our hearts, sisters, we got to listen. We have got to listen to God. How many of us are hurting? How many of us are heartbroken? How many of us have gotten betrayed? How many of us have babies? How many of us don't have the ring right now, but we got regret? How many of us are in financial pickles? How many of us are in states of confusion? We're sick because we won't be obedient. Because we won't allow God to have rule. What about rest? Now, because of the lack of obedience, because of these things, because of all of the things that we keep allowing to roll over and roll over and roll over into the new year, because we won't get our relationship with the head of our lives in order, we're not listening to rule, and then God God can't rest with us. You know why God can't rest with us? Because we love to continue to flirt with disobedience. We don't want to clean up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And this is why starting externally was so important because honestly, we don't want to clean up. We can find value for every single thing that we should be letting go. We have a narrative for everything that we should be letting go. We won't create capacity for more. God can't rest because there's too much going. There's too much clutter. See, God, God... God doesn't operate in confusion. Now, I'm not talking about the type of confusion where you're asking God for direction. You're acknowledging him in all your ways. I'm talking about straight up confusion. Some of us got straight up confusion happening inside of us. And it doesn't have to be. You know better. You're just refusing emotionally to do better. You're emotionally refusing to take the high road. You're emotionally refusing to be the better person. You're emotionally refusing to say, I am healed and I want to let this narrative go now. You're emotionally refusing to say, I'm not going to tell this story any anymore. You're emotionally refusing to believe that you are the head and not the tail. You're emotionally refusing to believe that all things work together for the good. Like you are emotionally refusing these things. God can't rest there. And God can't abide in it. And until we start to see this, until until we start to see how this confusion, how this clutter 
how this mismanagement on the inside starts to show up as padding on the outside and it starts to show up in our decisions. It starts to show up on our plate and it starts to show up in our bank accounts and it starts to show up in our children and it starts to show up in our grandchildren. Because of the things that we haven't let go. Because of the things that we haven't dealt with. Because we haven't dealt with bitterness. We project onto our daughters that men are this and men are that. And you better have you a nest egg and don't trust no man with this. And we, we perpetuate these sites, but we think we're being helpful. But what does God say? God says that marriage is a blessed covenant relationship. So why are we from our own bitterness? From our own insecurities, we kill dreams. From our own lack of a sense of worthiness, we withhold support from others. We make impulsive decisions that not just affect us, but affect everyone around us and will affect generations to come. See, when you read your Bible and you read about the curses and that sort of thing, we love to throw around generational curse. Oh, I'm a generational curse breaker. Well, you're a generational curse maker too. And that's the part we don't think about. You over here breaking this curse, you may have made more money. You may have you know, been the first to go to college. But are you breaking, sister, this generational curse of a poor diet that's going to take your whole bloodline out before they can even benefit from any level of education, any wealth, anything? Are you doing that? Are you making healthier decisions than your mom made, than your dad made? What are you doing with what it is that you have right now? Are you creating space and capacity to know God more than the generation before you. Because the generation, your next generation, they're, they're dependent on your prayers, babe. So you can't be 50 still talking about you want to grow in your faith. You have to do it now. And this is why creating space is so important. Part with things now so that they no longer hinder you. So that they are no longer a thorn in your side. So that you're no longer showing up in relationships and showing up on jobs. I've met some of the most toxic Christians ever on some jobs that I've worked on. Some of the most toxic Christians on jobs. Because they didn't understand who they served, regardless where they were. And this is important. This is why it's important that we get our heart right, because when we have our hearts right and we create that space and we create that capacity, God can speak to us and reveal to us in certain situations while we're there. God can strengthen us. God can give us grace. See, we think grace is I got this house and I got this car. That's not grace because your credit went through because you got the house. You could have been financially stable and got that house. You could have made better decisions financially and been more disciplined and got that. You could have waited to get that house. It ain't grace because you fudged two pay stubs and got a house. No, grace is also what God gives you in tough situations. 
the ability to see it different. While everybody else is complaining, everybody else is doing this, and everybody else, 2020 is the worst year ever. God gives you the grace to see things differently. But when you don't have the space, when it's filled with bitterness and it's it's filled, it's not with optimism, it's with pessimism. 2020, the worst year ever, is it? Because I think I watched CNN today and 318,000 people can't even speak that out of their mouths. So is it? God kept you this year like he kept you any other year. And if anything, this year gave us an opportunity to see God's grace. Because a lot of us were not doing what we should have been doing. This is the time where we get to clean up space. If God has done amazing things in your life already, imagine what God will do when your entire heart is available to him. Imagine what God will do when you decide to let go of hurt and you decide to trust God with it. Imagine what God can do in your life when you say, God, you've forgiven me, so I forgive. Because I can't get forgiveness Unless I'm forgiving. Imagine what God would do when you start turning around your your frown and making it a smile. When you start walking scripture, talking scripture, believing in it as though it's already happened. Imagine what God can do. Imagine what God can do when you start letting go of things that just absolutely do not serve you anymore. Think about those things in the external too. What is it that just isn't serving you anymore? You need to let it go. Trust God with it. Trust that God wants to create something else in that space. God wants to do something new with that space. God will reveal that space to you differently. As you see that open space, you will begin to have a new vision for that space. If you see that open space, you will begin to have new thoughts, thoughts that you had not had before, thoughts that you didn't have the capacity to have before. I promise you that this will happen. As you give up jealousy and you start to work more on your value and you start to believe that I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made, God. And just like you have something for this sister and that sister and that sister, I believe that you have it for me. As you start to release that, you'll start to see as you stop coveting goals and looking at everybody else and who got this and who got that and this man and this as you stop doing that. You'll create space to see what it is that God has for you. God can't do anything, anything with ill intent, ill emotions. So everything that does not align with the word of God must go. Everything that does not serve you must go. Everything in the external that you do not need must go. It blessed you when you got it. Sister, allow it to be a blessing to someone else. Give it to someone else. Let it go. Life is about currency and abundance. As it flowed to you before, you believe that it will flow to you again. Holding on is a scarcity mindset. Let these emotions go.
Let them go. Let the hurt go. You know why? Because you're still here on this earth and you need space for something else that's going to come in and hurt you. (laughs) You cannot keep building upon hurt. In this life, you will have trials and tribulations. God did not promise us utopia. That was not the promise. But the promise was that his grace is sufficient. Allow that grace to work in you. Imagine your heart just being this this free flowing space where things freely come in and they freely flow out. One thing that remains is love. Love, 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 love. Everything comes in and is filtered in and out through love. It's you hurt me, but I still love you. I don't have to be no fool, but I love you. But I I get to decide whether I want to love you closely or I'm going to love you from a distance now. But it's still love and I let it go. I let it go. I forgive you. It's easier said than done, but it has to be done. And so you have to start somewhere practicing this. There is no rewards for you holding on, holding on to this list, holding open all these tabs of people who have hurt you. Somebody who said something to you when you were six. Somebody that said something to you when you were in high school. Somebody did something to you on the cheerleading squad in middle school. This happened when you was in the talent show. Your mama this one time said this. When you were a child, that happened. This happened in your first marriage. This person owed you money. Like we holding on to all of these different things. Like all of them. And we're bringing them with us. We're bringing them with us with our smile. We're bringing them with us with our baggage. We're bringing them with us with our extra padding. We're bringing them with us with our inability to show up for ourselves, our self-limiting thoughts and beliefs, our insecurities, our people-pleasing tendencies, our self-abandonment. It's all there. And so we got to decide to get rid of that. And that, that, that is the weight. That is the weight that we talk about here at Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery. This is not like something that you've heard before. We can tie up our tennis shoes and we can do squats all day. But one of the things that we must do is we got to be honest. And this is why when God gave me this vision, I said, it's a journey. Because God showed me that women would be in different parts of the journey. And through me approaching this fitness journey, through our emotions, our mental and our spiritual, our spiritual health, it will create vulnerability and a level of comfort where women will begin to help themselves. They will begin to invite other women into the process. And this is exactly what's happening. We got to detox our heart. We got to start learning some spiritual principles. This is why we lack the discipline. We lack the discipline because we want the do it quick route. We want to focus on the one isolated issue. And for those of you who've been trying to lose weight for years and you ever had any personal trainer, you probably gone to your trainer. You said things like, I just want to lose the stomach. I want to lose these thighs. I want my butt to look a certain way. And a trainer will always tell you when you start this journey, I can't guarantee you that the weight is going to drop in a specific area. But what I can tell you is that you'll be able to see a difference in your clothes, that you'll be able to tell a difference in your inches. You'll be able to tell a difference on the scale. And this is why I love the journey that we're on and the way that we do it. Because I told you guys that my journey was totally inside out. I forgot about the weight. The weight just started to fall off the more I learned about myself The more I learned about God, the more I surrendered to his will over my will. Even when it came to my diet, I was willing for you. I will. 
And this has been part of the journey. God may want to take you a totally different direction, but I guarantee you that however you open your heart up to God and whatever weight you decide to drop and whatever avenue he takes you, the physical way to follow. Because it is impossible for one to think more highly of themselves. It's impossible for one to develop this relationship with the Heavenly Father and not respect the temple. Respect the temple in every way. In the way that you think, in the way that you walk, in the way that you talk, in the things that you eat, in the things that you do, in the way that you love. All of that begins to come into alignment if you allow it to come into alignment. And so I would love for you to join our faith, fitness and self, uh, self-discovery self community is where we inspire and encourage one another to remain true to our goals. You don't have to be afraid because, like I said, everyone is at different stages on their journey. So if you like this show, what I want you to do is I want you to share it with someone who needs to be a part of this heart detox. I also would like for you to subscribe. Leave me some comments. If you're in the group Let me see your pictures. Let me know how it's going on the heart detox. This is something that I think I want to make a little bit bigger, a little bit broader and extend it to more women. And so you guys can definitely help me by doing with doing it, by sharing this with other ladies. It costs you nothing, but it'll teach you everything. And for you, like so many women, so many of my clients who are saying you want to grow in relationship with the father, it doesn't just start in the Bible by sitting down and opening up your word. It starts by taking little challenges to be better, to do something different, to let go of things. This may sound a bit radical. You may not see how this is going to connect to drawing you closer to God or how this is going to help you build a more intimate relationship. But I promise you that it will. And I can't wait to hear about it. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week.